Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, you're very welcome to this week's podcast, Living History. I'm Maurice O'Keefe. Recently, I was so fortunate to have met Maureen Hughes, a resident in Maryfield Nursing Home, Chapel Lizard. She is now one of Ireland's oldest citizens. Her birthday will be on the 22nd of May this month, when she will have then reached 108. Her extraordinary recall and articulation made this interview very special indeed. There are over two and a half hours recorded with Maureen, and very soon the full interviews will be available to download from our Irish Life and Lore website. I have selected a number of clips taken from those interviews, and we start with Maureen's background. Maureen's mother was connected to Father Patrick Deneen, well known for his Irish English Dictionary, published in 1904. You see, my mother's name was Deneen. It's not direct, it was just a marriage relation between. Yes, yeah. actually, I can remember Father Deneen. Yeah. He wore a big square black hat. My father, then you see, was North Cork. He was Newmarket. Both her parents came from North Cork. And here Maureen remembers a story that her mother told her about the parish priest locally. It's the Sunday Mass was a great meeting place. And they, afterwards they, they'd, they'd swap the news of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd all be sitting the beer and they, you know, oh no. And I remember in Ramore Chapel, if I'd be out there like saying, uh, they all had their own places in the chapel. They all sat in the same seat every week, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that was such a, that was the Janine seat, seat. You know, <laughs> I didn't think like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so... Uh, and and the Jews and having to pay, of course, the the the, the, the what was oh, it? Was oh, it a basket? oh yes, yeah, the Jews, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's another little story. There's another little story. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, some, sometimes you didn't pay cash, but you gave them a bag of oats for the horse, for oh, the priest to go around. You see, for the horse, yeah. you could pay it by the oats. And, or something like that. And the Jews were call, usually called out. Mm-hmm. Probably outside the, the, outside the chapel on the yard outside. And anyway, and there was one day the priest was calling out the Jews and they said, 
something like Thurin Cahill or something. Is you know, he said uh, something, uh, one bag of oats and so and so, two bag of oats. So, let me tell ye, brethren, they have very small bags up in Thurin Cahill. My oh. mother used to tell that story. <laughs> Annie Deneen and Liam Sheehan were both involved in the Gaelic League activities in London in 1910. Were your parents involved in the Gaelic League? Oh, very much. Very much. It uh, started in London. Uh, because, as I say now, that Annie, in those early days, Mummy was teaching in London because her old sister had gone to London before her. Uh, in those days, they, if you did, you know, monitors helped out teaching in the classes yeah. in the school. And if you did two or three years of that, it qualified you to be a teacher. Mm. You know, that sort, of, that sort of thing. She got a job teaching in Belfast. And when she got settled in Belfast, she brought the two sisters up and sent them to the training college in Belfast. Oh, I think that's how it worked. But this is, I mean, that's a minor detail. But then she went off to to London to to teach. And is that where she joined the Gaelic League? Oh, jeez, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's where they, they, that that would have been, yes. They wouldn't wouldn't have been in the Gaelic League down in the country where she was, you know, as such. No, it was in England, in London, and the Irish crowd were great for keeping together in London. And they used to go to the stations, the Paddington station, and watch out for maybe a night ashore. They would get off a train and look around and say, where do I go next? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And yes, of course. And 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 they had a list of suitable digs for them. And they'd give them the addresses to let them, you know, fix them up. So they were good about that. His dad was a hurler. Yeah. And he played for the London Irish. And he did play in Croke Park, all right. They came over to play in the matches there, yeah. Me see your, your parents. Pardon? How did they meet? Do, do you know the occasion or how did they... I do. I do. It was at a sports meeting in London. What, tell me. <laughs> Mammy was teaching in Forest Gate, South London. And she and Auntie Katie went to a sports meeting. Yeah. And there was there was one fella and he won the long jump and he also won the high jump. And Auntie Katie said, Come on, sister, come on over, we'll talk to him. She said, Don't be stupid. Behave yourself. But Mammy married him. <laughs> did she tell you that? She did. Of she course. told me that. Yeah. Uh, what kind of a sports meeting was it? Do you remember? Oh, the hop, stop, and jump, and the and long, oh, you know, a Gaelic, a Gaelic sports meeting. Oh yes. Was it? Oh yes, they'd only go to Gaelic league things. Annie Deneen was teaching in London, and one day she got a surprise when one of the students turned out to be one of her neighbours from home. Uh, when Mummy was teaching in London. Oh, yes. Mummy was teaching in Forest Gate. Oh, yes. In, in South London. I'll get another little story. She was teaching her class singing, little song. 
And this day she started teaching them on Corrigdown, the Heathless Brown, Fast Flows, the Fronts of Varnaby, you know. Oh, you don't know that, oh. On Corrigdown, the Heathless Brown, Fast Flows, the Flows, around the Bree. But anyway, she, she only got as far as the Aonabui. Miss, 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 miss! And the fellow at the back was jumping. In London now, this is out in London. Please, miss, down the bui flows a pastor house at home. Liam Sheehan was working with the civil service in London when he was transferred to Belfast in 1914. Maureen was born there, and four years later the family moved to Killarney. I think it was 1918 that we came to Killarney. Was it? Yeah. I think that was yeah. it. And I remember the black and tan lorries driving along the road. I could, yeah. we were, we shared, a, you know, a fairly biggish mansion. And we had the whole half house. Well, no, we had, we had, we had four bedrooms, so that'll tell you the size of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we have half this is back, Mr. McSweeney that owned it. And we were there, and there was a long lawn down to the road, a sloping lawn down to the road. Lovely. And you see the black and tan lorries going back around the back, you know, the rest of it. And afterwards, the volunteers of these. I yes. remember them. And the, the lorries, they, they'd have a bench along the middle of the back, and they'd be sitting back to back facing out. And uh, they'd back just a bit, about a half mile behind, back from our house, west, towards Jingle. They were going along, and there were people working in the garden, digging potatoes. Did I tell you this before? No, no, no. no. Digging digging the potatoes, as they say. And they, with the rifle, shot through them like that. Just spray them, you know? My goodness, yeah. Maureen also remembers after the black and tans left, there was a lull, and then, very soon, you had the Free State soldiers coming to Killarney. Oh, I remember one day, the Mercy Convent was slightly outside the town, very slightly outside the town, on the Tralee Road. Yeah. And we weren't allowed out to play. We were kept in. Mm-hmm. And those of us, and Mammy had a good friend just a couple of doors up from the school. So I used to go up at lunchtime and get my lunch above with her, with her house. And those of us who didn't have a lunch with them, the nuns gave us something to eat and we were kept in. We weren't allowed out to play or anything. I see. And there was shit that you could hear shots all over the place. And I think it was the... I think it was the Irish Free State taking over from the IRA, the barracks in the town. Imagine. I think that must be that. It yes. must have been that time, yeah. I think. You know. oh, what did you do? Do you remember kind of being scared or crawling under uh, the table? No, or? I mean, the nuns kept us quiet. But my mum's friend came down to the school with some food for me. Because you were kept there. Because really? I was kept in, yeah. But the nuns had given us something, you know, as well. But she couldn't feed, they couldn't feed the whole school, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And around about that time, you had the new Irish police force. 
So did, did you, did you, you saw that, you saw the guards coming on the streets, uh, did For you? the first time, yes, I mean, that's right. Do you remember their uniform? What, what, what do they wear in those early oh, years? Gosh, I, I don't really. Yeah. Garda Sheehana, Garda Sheehana, spotting away at his Irish prep. Though his buttons be bright, if his Gaelic's not right, up to promotion he'll never step. <laughs> Where did you come across that? Where did you first? I get... don't know. I haven't since the. It was the time that the uh, the Garda Sheehana was formed, and it it was one of the things. One of their qualifications was a, a, a speak language, Irish language, that they could speak Irish language. Okay. So that's where, this was the doggerel that was around, going around Dublin at the time. <laughs> 1918, the Spanish flu hit the country. Maureen remembered it in Killarney. When you were in Killarney, there was the Spanish flu. Do you remember the... Oh, I do. Yes, yes. Uh, I remember it in this way that uh, my mother was looking after people, helping them out, doing shopping and things like that. And I remember she she might be in town shopping, come back, and my two older brothers would be sent off with the parcels. They were to go and knock at the door, leave the parcels on the doorstep, and run away. Not to be, not to wait until the door be opened, but to stand outside and wait to see that the parcels were taken in. And so is that because there was a stigma attached to? Well, you wouldn't. Yeah. They didn't want to get the flu, which was no. very. It was very. You know, it was swimming all around the place. You know, yeah, it was. It was very infectious. And your mother was kind of looking after them. And, oh, and she was looking after the neighbours, naturally. Yeah. And especially, there were two very elderly couple that she kind of would look after them to make sure they had everything and that sort of thing, you mm. know, yeah. In the beginning of the 1930s, Maureen entered UCC in Cork to study chemistry. About that, uh, you went to UCC? UCC, yeah. Okay. Do you remember who the... Who the lecturers? Who, who lectured you there? Oh, uh, Joss O'Reilly was the professor of. He was the head, head uh, dean of science. Joss O'Reilly had something to do with munitions in Portsmouth or something like that. Before that, he'd been working with them in England. <laughs> you know, the, the little things that come out. Of course, you you, you just remember them again. Yeah. And, what was campus like? Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Miss Dr. Drum was the other one. Do you remember a, a, a vehicle called the Drum Battery? Yes. No, do you? Did you have, hear of it? Well, it was in the there, north there, yes. it was up the north. Well, it was Dr. Drum's brother that designed that and worked it. And we had Dr. Drum, he, he did the organic chemistry. Yeah. It was very good too, he was an excellent lecturer. And what were you studying there? Well, I was studying straight for a straightforward BSc. Okay. And then when I finished, I did it. Uh, oh, yes, when I finished, they said something about that I'd go on to do a master's. But Mummy said, sorry, Maureen, you can't. Why not? Daddy will be dead within 12 months. My father was dying of leukemia. Oh, dear, yes. And there was, there was, there was no income. 
because he was a British civil servant and the widows, the, the British civil servants' widows got only six months pension or something, or lump sum or something, that, you know, there was, no, there was no pension for them and she wouldn't have had anything. And Sean was only six, I think, five or six, my brother, you see. So she said, no, I'm sorry, you'll have to, you, you'll have to go and teach. Okay. Get something. And the, you see, I had a science degree. There was no They wouldn't dream of teaching science in a girls' school in those days. There was no science taught in girls' schools. It only in the boys did the science. So I would have had to go to England. Yeah. And somebody said, they said that there was a, a, a doctor in the medical school doing an experiment and he needed a chemist to help him. And would I give it three weeks and I'd get three pounds a week. In the medical school at UCC. Yeah. So I went for the three weeks. Okay. And I left it 16 years later to get married. <laughs> the, in those days, hospitals didn't have pathologists or labs of their own. And they sent the specimens to the university. So blood sugars, urines, spinal fluids all came up to the college. And it was my job to do the chemistry on those. The sugars, the chlorides, the, that sort of thing. Okay. So I estimated all those. Yes. For the doctors, you know. How, how it, you watched all the changes and the advancement in, in medicine, you know, even in those 16 years. I, think I was very lucky because I think I was very lucky because I was working in the medical school itself. I was part of the, me, in the medical uh, oh, department, you know. In the faculty. The faculty medicine. Faculty was the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. And, and did you lecture? Did you teach? No, I didn't teach. Uh, oh, I did for a, for a little. There was some, uh, some of the higher dips or something wanted some extra. Those that were going to be teaching science. I did lecture to them for a while. Yeah. But, but not very much. No. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> And uh, you must have loved those years. I mean, the. the oh, I love college. The, I must have liked the, UCC. Yes, yeah. I must have. Very happy years there, you know. In 1932, the Eucharistic Congress in Dublin was held in the Phoenix Park. And Maureen was there to witness what happened. Did you go to Dublin to the, 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 the Congress? We did. We did. Mummy and my yeah. Ouija, we came up and, uh, well, I had an aunt, I have two aunts living in Dublin, so what, I stayed with one aunt and mum with the other aunt, <laughs> and we went, the, 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 young, the younger generation, the, the, the mothers, went on an eight o'clock tram in the morning to the Phoenix Park for the, for the Eucharistic Congress, but we were young and healthy. And we walked, we walked along the quays and over across the bridge and in by Island Bridge Gate. <laughs> I remember it well, Even because I, it was new country to me. The others were Dubliners, yeah. but I had only come up from Killarney, yes, from Cork. So anyway, the, the, the Phoenix Park was why. And we were inside the gate. Do you know, 
at Island Bridge, the, the steps you can go up at the side there, I think that we moved over to the left as far as the and I think we took up our position somewhere there. You could see the cross in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I remember of it really. And the mass and thing that was on. And the procession of course around. Yeah. Oh yes. And uh, the uh, the uh, what the the nuncio, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. He came down the road along that way and we were just inside here. My mother was with me and my niece. And she got very excited and she said, Auntie, I'm nearer to here than I was in Rome last year. <laughs> her parents took her to Rome. It was their wedding or something, anniversary. And they went to Rome the year before. And, and she the said the, the Pope yeah. was nearer to her in the, in the Phoenix Park than in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember the crowds around the streets and uh, the what? Do you remember the the, the buzz and the excitement? And oh the yes, oh absolutely the yes, and the, and all the decorations in the windows and everything like that. Yes, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. And up by the up by the pillar, there was a big erection of something nice. There was some special, like a column, a nice tree or something growing there up there. <laughs> I can't so that was a lovely day out. Oh, it was a great. Oh, it was great. Well, it was great all together. Yeah. And, and you see, they they came up from the country and everything else. So, they, every bed in our house was occupied, and most f mats in front of fires. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Maureen's first cousin was in the first Irish Air Corps. And he was in the early days of the of the Irish Air Force. Yeah. And uh, when the Eucharistic Congress was on, yeah. did he fly? He was on the fly past. Was he? And he was on the... No, sorry, the left. Yeah. The, the point, the left, point at the left wing. Yeah. <laughs> and when he was passing over the, the Phoenix Park, we waved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Well, that, that was a lovely day, actually. Yeah. You know, there was a lovely... Was it the Air Force's first public fly past or something too, I think? You know, I think there was yeah. something special. Oh, were the family very proud to be connected with this, uh, with, with having uh, somebody oh, yes. in the family? Who... Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> My cousin's up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And before we come to the end with this great selection of memories taken from Maureen Hughes' interview, uh, we'll finish with this. This is a, a, an amazing memory she had of being on the Blasket Islands um, in the 1920s and meeting Peg Sayers and Robin Flower. I was interested. I went to the Blasket Islands several years in succession. Oh, did you? I did. Yeah, I did. Out in the Blaskade Moor. Yeah. And was it popular in those days to go out? It was because it, it was the beginning of the, the Irish revival, and that and uh, primary school teachers had to spend a couple of weeks each year or something in the Gaelic, in some Gaelic area up in Meath or somewhere like that. Yeah. And my cousin, my my uncle in Kerry, 
of course, went out to the Blasket Islands. Yeah. So that was all right. I mean, and that meant when I wanted to go, then it was all right. For, I was able to go and stay with the people that he knew, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Oh, that was... And you, you got to meet all the islanders then, did you? Pardon? You got to meet the islanders. Oh, gosh, of course they were. Oh, yeah. Did you meet Pe- Peg Sayers? Whom? Peg Sayers. Oh, I knew Peg well. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> did did, 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 describe yeah. her to me. Describe what? her to me. <laughs> How did you see her? Oh, she was all right, and she was. She, uh, we just called them the Strong Sherry. What they does were that the mean? visitors. Oh yes, visitors, the visitors of the island, and one of the first things they always head for would be Sarah's house. Would you? You see, she had written the book at that stage. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so that kind of you yeah. know. She was a bit of a, a hero or a... Oh, she was. She was, she was a celebrity, I suppose. Celebrity, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when you met her, did... Uh, how did, Do you remember talking to her and speaking oh, gosh, to her? Oh, yes. But we chat and talk about anything or everything, you know. Yeah. Do you remember, would she talk about the the environment and the, the weather or would she talk about the politics or... <laughs> I'm taking no. What do you expect? Yeah, and you know, it it was a time when it it couldn't have been easy to even get there. You know, you oh, it wasn't. Uh, you 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 wrote and explained and that you'd be at the collar in Dunqueen, the, the, the key yeah. at Dunqueen, which was just on a cliff out near Slay, near Slayhead, just north of Slayhead. Yeah. And that was a can there was a key there, a little key. And, and an absolute climb up to get to the top of the cliff, you know. The yeah. track was terrible. And and, and they they if they knew you were coming, they'd be there at, there to meet you. In, With in, the, they'd bring their Navog, the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was usually two men to, to row the boat. Yeah. You know, sorry. Yeah. Fantastic. I got quite good at, at steering it afterwards. Did <laughs> oh, you? I was yeah. there. <laughs> and did you meet Robin Flower? You know, some of no, the. Unblaheen. They called him Unblaheen, the little flower. <laughs> and he was known as Unblaheen in the island. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. No. Yeah. And no, uh, I never met Robin Flower, actually, but I mean, I heard about him and others. Yeah. 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 And so they must have been living uh, self-sufficient on the island. I mean, they 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 must they couldn't have had every times, of course. What they could? Oh yes, there was one expression. There was tea was one of the things that they couldn't kind of produce. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, they might like during a couple of months, maybe bad weather. Yeah. Then then they'd run out of tea. Yeah. And they had an expression, that, or that the tea was killing them. Maravagan tea, because Maravagane, I'd be dead without it. Where exactly would you stay? Oh, in one of the houses, the, the fishermen's houses. Out um, of the they island. were nice, they were nice, yeah. and they up went up on the uh, bar of Adder, <laughs> top of the, the top of the town, <laughs> the yeah. top of the top of the, uh, and there was a uh, 
that would be parallel with the, with the, the shore. But there was a string of houses down there, then about four or five down there. Yeah. And that was right angles to it, which is in the shore. Tegsers was over at the other side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, and and they had their king. They had their own king. Yeah. They had they had their own king. And you who know, was the, a, of the Blaskets. Who was appointed king when you were there? I can see the house. Yeah. And all that, and, but I can't, I can't give you the actual name now. Yeah, That's gone, yeah. you know. Yes. Yeah. Except that his daughter was cautionary, and I was running around with her. Raw cautionary. Yeah. Yeah. This of the of the. I know. So, so your Irish would have been excellent, you know, being on oh, the absolutely. island and, and so that. I'll make you laugh. Yeah. Where we lived in Tivoli and Cork, there was they were next door neighbours. Two sisters and an elderly brother. Yeah. And they were old Cork aristocracy. The British told everything British was superior. And I came home from the Blaskets after and she I met her and she said to me, miserable weather, isn't it? Oh, it's not bad. I said it don't be putting in on us. Right. <laughs> it was a direct translation, wasn't it? Yeah. And she she told my mother that she it was a disgrace if my English was just being disturbed. <laughs> and you wish she gave out to my mother about it. Oh, did she? Yes. Well, we've come to the end and you've been listening to Maureen Hughes, who will be celebrating her 108th birthday on the 22nd of May this month. Um, If you'd like to hear Maureen's full interview, it's available on irishlifeandlore.com. It'll take a few weeks to put it up, but when it's there, it's well worth going and having a listen. I'm Maurice O'Keefe. And I look forward to bringing you another podcast next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 